All right, here we go. Salute to NBA Nation on this Wednesday afternoon, a Thanksgiving edition of the NBA Report. CP the franchise, Alex Rotaros, my guy Andrew Salop, the one-two combo in the building on tonight's episode. The Pacers and the Lakers advance. The in-season tournament is alive and well. I'm into it. I'm going to tell, tell you guys why I'm into it. But the Pacers and the Lakers advance. You got the Sixers eliminated. We're going to talk about our top five power rankings plus we're going to talk about what certain teams in the nba should be thankful for as we uh head to thanksgiving this week as well so lock in hit the like button hit the share button and subscribe to the channel another edition of the nba report man all right fellas how are we feeling today man thanksgiving eve how, how are we feeling bro tired Yo. man i told yeah. you why <laughs> yeah out you're on dad mode so uh, you, you're just getting started. This is third, just, third just, cup of coffee day. today, so yeah, we're, we're here at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time. So you know, yeah. just trying to stay alive and awake at this point. <laughs> this is just initiation for you, bro. This is all part of y- your dad training. Like you mm. got to build up. It's an endurance test. You got to build up because once you, before you know it, he's gonna be walking. He's gonna be moving, and the naps are gonna be coming few and far between, and then it's gonna stop altogether. So. This is just the buildup. You know what I mean? You'll get through, man. Why is it that I see both of you smiling right now? Like, oh, I can't wait for this guy to have the pain and understand what we're going through right now. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, wait till he starts talking back and ask you to asking you a million and one questions. Trust me, man. This is this. this Oh, boy. Man, enjoy. The questions don't stop. That's for sure. (laughs) Better have answers. Good answers or else you get follow ups, too, man. CP yeah. does it, CP does he ever stump you? Like oh, oh man. all the time, all the time. Man. I'll be like uh, I don't know, man. Just... <laughs> For sure, you know. Sometimes you have clever remarks. Sometimes you have clever responses. And other times you're just like, damn, I don't even know. He got me on this one, man. <laughs> and that's yeah. what we do. We talk, and we're still stuck. That's, that's crazy. It. That's it. That's it, man. All right. Well, let, well, let's get into last night's action, man. You had first and foremost a wild a shootout. In Atlanta with the Pacers and the Hawks uh, in season tournament group play, you had the Atlanta Hawks scoring 86 points in the first half, 86 to 63. They led the Pacers. Nobody looking to play defense in this game. But in the second half, Tyrese Halliburton and the Pacers turned up 46 points. The Pacers would score in the third quarter alone. Halliburton alone had a game's worth. In the third quarter, 26 points, four assists, hit a ridiculous amount of of three-pointers in that quarter to get the Pacers back into the game. They would ultimately score 38 in the fourth. You had a wild shootout in the final five minutes, and ultimately a big buddy heel three for the Pacers would would eventually seal this game, man, and the Pacers would win 157-152. to unbelievable offensive outburst a high scoring game in the nba this year seven paces in, in double figures uh j- just absolutely ridiculous i mean you had the hawks reach the 100 point mark with seven minutes to go in the third quarter that's how ridiculous this game was but listen man i i think to, to first and foremost i gotta start off with bigging up halliburton in this game i mean he finishes with uh 37 points 16 assists 
11 of 18 from the field and nine of 15 from three. And like I said, I believe like eight of those threes came or seven of those threes came in the third quarter, man. Uh, Andrew, what did you think about this game last night and Halliburton's performance, bro? You said it all, man. Over 300 points combined and Halliburton is doing Halliburton things. This guy is somewhere in between all NBA and MVP. I don't know where it is. I don't know if he's trending towards mm-hmm. MVP or he's going to definitely stay at an all MB, all NBA level, but he is something else. And t- Trey Young, t- Halliburton, they showed up. I think that the Hawks in the second half gave up tw- a 20 point lead or so, but that's nothing in the modern NBA, right? Especially yeah. when teams are scoring 300 points. I mean, this is the highest scoring game. Um, unbelievable game. I really love Jalen Johnson's game. I felt like he didn't get enough opportunity his first year in the league. He's almost looking like a super Ben Simmons out there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want <laughs> he's phenomenal. He spent like his first year or two in the G League, and I love the way he's playing. But um, this is fun basketball and it's offensive basketball. If you like defense, you won't like this game, but if you like offense, you'll love it. <laughs> Al, what'd you think about this one, Ben? Look, I, I wish we had prize picks on Monday, man, because I was gonna choose yeah. the over yeah. on, you know. Trey and Halliburton in this one, because as soon as I went, I was like, where are both of these guys defensive rates? And they're both in the basement, both the Hawks and the Pacers. So you knew this was going to be yeah. a great scoring affair. And from the jump, I mean, we keep talking about 300 points in total uh, for this game in absolutely insane. But the one thing you got to like, man, is that the ball move from both these teams, if you love offense and fluidity, especially from the Pacers, you're, you're going to get all of that in this game. And that's pretty much what's really fun to watch. I mean, look, you talked about Halbert going on that sc- scoring outburst in the third quarter. He didn't score at all in the fourth and what was really happening. <laughs> that's it. That's the thing. Like yeah. he scored a game's worth of productivity in the third quarter alone. Yes. A game's worth. Yes. No scoring at all. Zero. Zero. He took one <laughs> shot, guys, in the fourth quarter. But yet, because of his playmaking, which won't show up on the stat sheet in the fourth quarter because it was mostly hockey assists, him looking for the guy ahead, right? The guy who actually led with the assist is, uh, is my guy, Obi Toppin, five hey. assists. Played all 12 minutes of the fourth quarter, by the way, CP. Yeah, Just want you to job. make sure of that. He, he make started sure that. off the bench, came off the bench in this one. Hey, and he still, yeah. was, he still had some good amount of points, too, in this game, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. 20 to 21 points, I believe. So, look, the way that Hal Burton works and organizes team, man, to keep finding the, uh, like, to get the hockey assist, get everyone organized, this team is just, is rolling right now. It's Look, the fact that they were down and they're like, you know, we're still going to be fine because we got the offense to k- get back up here. Insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Listen, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Rick Carlisle always wanted to play like this, right? Like, even yeah. when he was with Dallas – he didn't really like the Porzingis post-ups, right? He wanted everything spread up, up and down. And it's amazing to see an older coach really embrace the modern game. And that's what I love what Indiana is doing. And I want to ask you guys, like, why do you think this game in particular, they had Obi coming off the bench and decided to start Buddy Hield? Yeah, it, it, that's an interesting one. I'm, I'm not so sure because you can't even argue that they necessarily were looking for more defense there. Right. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting in, in terms of bringing Obi off the bench. As Alex said, he did finish the game. So something to to monitor as you as you head forward, because they started with Halliburton, Bruce Brown, Heald, Neesmith and Turner. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me see. We'll, we'll see if we find that. But but in the meantime, you know, you mentioned something with Halliburton in terms of you don't know if he's MIP, if he's MVP, he's definitely right. NBA. 
Yeah. I, I think he could sneak into the MVP convo. And here's how. You guys aren't in on this in-season tournament like me, man. I'm on it. Yeah, I was a naysayer in the beginning. But oh, I'm here we go. Right now. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Especially the way this game ended. Rick Carlisle, after the game, he talked about this is kind of like a playoff atmosphere for us. Because you have, with this in-season tournament, these guys now have something to play for. This team hasn't made the playoffs in, in eons. And they're playing for something. Every time you hear Halliburton on the record, speaking on an in-season tournament, he wants to win it. He's tired of seeing this team lose. He wants maybe to see a team get an automatic playoff bid. So what Carlisle is saying is that this is an experienced builder. And for them to win the group and now advance it to the quarterfinals, you're going to have a couple more games, at least for the next month, where they're going to be playing hard to try to win this thing. And that could ultimately galvanize his team as they proceed through January, February, into March and trying to make a legit playoff run. I think this experience, if should they win it or get far, I think that could galvanize them. And, and Halliburton could really be at the forefront of that. So if they're able to win this tournament, make get a playoff spot top six outright, he's got to be a big part of that. And if so, I think you got to put him in the conversation, bro. Totally agree. And that 500K is talking, right? 500K is 500K. And especially, you know, for a star player, 500K is still 500K. And if you're yeah. making a million, think about how much money that is, right? Like 500K is a huge boost. So I think that's definitely helping the cause of the in-season tournament, the NBA Cup, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never seen a team, Al, that's in the top five in offense, bottom five in defense. If they could just up that defensive number a little bit, man, they'll be straight. But I think they've got more than enough offense because every night, if you're not on your game, you're going to struggle to try to keep up with them because For they sure. can score at will, whether it's Halliburton scoring and he's starting to be more aggressive now. That's one thing he said. He wants to be more aggressive, not be as gun shy, especially on the three-point shot. So he's starting to do that. Then he's feeding everybody. He's getting everybody in their spots. You got Buddy Heel ready to let it fly from three. Obi's let it ready to let it fly from three. He's dunking on people. You got uh, Miles Turner. I mean, it, it's going to be hard to keep up with them on any given night. It's going to be difficult to keep up with this team in general, man. I mean, they're just doing historic things, man. The fact that they're averaging 126 points per game, no team has done that. Like, I, the, you look, the Hawks had a lead, man. This is this is yeah. this is like they had 20. a lead and they lost it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this team is legit, man. I, I the one thing I always come back to, how legitimate is this offense in the playoffs where things come into the half court and and things start to slow down? Is their fast pace going to keep up with with what you're expected in the playoffs? Andrew, I see you got that inquisitive face. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking because the shooting is really good with them, right? Like their best player, Tyrese, is really efficient. And you got Buddy Heald. I don't know if you're going to start him. Miles Turner, one of the better shooting bigs in the league. He stretches the floor and he protects the paint. I think this does work in the playoffs. But to your guys' point, I just don't think they have enough defense to yeah. go deep. I, th I still think they'll put up those high numbers. Maybe not 157 points, but I think they'll score a lot, even in the playoffs. And as CP said, this is playoff atmosphere, and they're scoring it. They're scoring it for real. And, and yeah. stat correction, by the way, uh, they upped it from 126 after this game to 128 points per game. Wow. This, this, they're flying. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. 
No, no question. I mean, right now, according to Cleveland and Glass, I mean, they got the number one uh, half-court offense in the league, 122.9 points per possession, 106 points per play. Offensive rebounding percentage, they're 11th in the league right now. And putbacks, putbacks, big part of that game, 8th in the league in putbacks per miss. So we'll see, man. We'll, we'll have to see, as you said, uh, is it sustainable in half quarter? I think they should be with Halliburton. I think that they should be, especially if he's going to continue to be aggressive looking for his shot as well, because he's damn near shooting it from the logo now. Him and Trey were going shot for shot last night. And that big, he was even, he was dangerous as a playmaker. But now if he starts letting it fly and starts getting his confidence there, that's going to be a problem, man. I mean, he's, he's averaging 24 and 11 right now uh, on the season. So, um, absolutely incredible numbers. I'm jealous as a Knicks fan with the way that he's got Obi playing. We knew we knew this out. We knew that this was going to be perfect for Obi. And now you're seeing him getting them easy shots, not just in transition, but in the half court as well. I'm jealous, man. I'm jealous with how he got Obi well, playing. And, and the three-point shooting, right? Like, what, we can't discount, like, yeah. we can't disregard, I mean, the pace of three-point shooting, which also yeah. helps, so... And maybe that's why they put Heald in the starting rotation. They're like, you know, let's even add more three-point shooting. Let's see if the Hawks... Shots. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I don't know. Uh, because the way that I look at it is, like, the Hawks can keep up with their three-point shooting is, too. You got Bogey coming off the bench. Maybe they're like, let's get off to a fast start and knock down some threes. It's a lot easier to play. I don't know if I'm going to make you guys angry with this or upset. I don't know how high you guys are on Randall, but I think for Obi, it's a lot easier to play with Miles than it is to play with Julius. And they weren't like Tibbs didn't even want to play them together that much at times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got the stretch three, as you talked about, Andrew, because of Turner. And he's also, he's there outside of everybody else. Like he just opens it up every, for, yeah. not, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that because you can focus as the sole rebounder for the Pacers and be the three-point shooter. We didn't have that on the Knicks. Like, Julius took a lot of threes, not the mo most efficient three-point shooter. Um, you needed Mitch just for the rim protection, but you get both of that in Turner, so it, it helps Obi be who he is, too. Yeah, I, yeah, I just think, like, Julius does get up a lot of threes, but he doesn't have, like, the gravity that Miles has away from the ball, you know? It's, it's a little bit different, which helps Obi, like, run through space. Yeah, I mean, look, he got he, he yammed it on uh on Yoko. That was Kongu crazy yesterday. That oh, was yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely yammed it on him. Uh also in this game, you had a uh, good game by Benedict Matherin off the bench, man. Mm -hmm. Nice efficient game for Matherin. He was looking smooth out there. 19 points, seven to ten shooting from the field. Uh Buddy Heal, 24 points, nine of eleven, six of six from three. Uh, Pacers overall shooting 48% from three, 60% from the field. Uh, as I said, Hal Burton's crazy night, 37. He had Neesmith chipping in with 17, six and nine from the field. He seems like he, he's really coming into his own after, after uh, getting traded from the pit, from the Celtics. Uh, Bruce Brown, <clears throat> 13 points, five of 10 from the field. So he had all five Pacers scores and double figures. He had Obi off the bench with 21, 9 and 16 from the field. And and like I said, Matherin uh with uh with with 19. So good win by them. They're eight and five in the campaign. Win their group. They win group A and advance to the quarterfinals, man. Good job by them. Fun good. team. Fun job. game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm looking forward to the end season tournament. I was always oh. a, I, I was a big proponent of it, but you know, I was listening to uh, I was listening to Doc Rivers on the Bill Simmons podcast talk about it, and 
he was even mentioning that some coaches, you know, who haven't won. And he actually brought up Philadelphia and saying, if you're Philadelphia, even though they got eliminated and we're going to talk about that game soon, that for coaches who haven't won anything, this is important because you add it to the resume for players, as you already mentioned, CP, who haven't won anything like the Pacers, they're going to add to the resume. I'm looking forward to what this I'm looking forward to the knockout round. I think it's going to be chippier than we actually believe that it's good than we expect. And if we get a, like a good matchup, if we get like a good matchup, say if it's like the Nuggets and the Celtics who potentially could meet yeah. in the NBA finals, right? Yeah. If you get that, that t- if you get the playoff atmosphere and you get a teaser like that, that's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Good, good point. So I'm telling you, I think once the knockout round comes through, it'll be, uh, it'll get a lot more heated. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys, CP, Alex, and Andrew, the NBA report in the building. So to our sponsor, new sponsor presented by prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. Go to prizepicks.com and use promo code NBAR for an instant deposit match up to $100. Later on today, we're going to give you our picks of the day. So make sure you guys stick around for that okay next matchup speaking of the in-season tournament man let's go to philly where you had the sixers against an undermanned cleveland cavaliers team no no donovan mitchell no karis lavert for cleveland uh cleveland down a number of guys uh but they were went out and took a commanding lead on this philadelphia 76er team really took it to them in the beginning of this game Cavs shot out to an 18 point lead at one point but give credit to philly they scrapped, they clawed, they played much better defense in the second half. Yeah, Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey go for a 60-piece combined, but it wasn't enough. In overtime, Cavaliers would survive and win this thing 122 to 119. You had Darius Garland with 32 points, 10 and 25 from the field. Jared Allen with a monster game, 26 points, 13 boards. Evan Mobley, 18 and 12. Big man game for Evan Mobley. I thought Max Struess was great in this game. 20 points, six assists for Struess, five of 10 from downtown. And uh, how about Craig Porter, man? Craig Porter, I thought, gave him some really good points, facilitating nine assists, a team high nine assists. For Craig Porter, so he certainly gives the Cavs a, a little different dimension that they uh, that they didn't have last year. I think that was something that they were looking for with Rubio. Should he have uh, been healthy, but didn't really get. But uh, yeah, good win for them, man. One twenty two, one sixteen. Sixers eliminated on their home court from the end season tournament, man. Shane, uh, what did you think about this one, man? Uh, if they, for I guess from. For I guess for Philly, it's kind of disappointing. You would expect for a team that has title contention, you want to see that you could take down an undermanned Cavs team. I mean, as you mentioned, you didn't have Karras Levert, you didn't have Donovan Mitchell on the other side, but it was still a struggle. And the Cavs just wanted to get up for this game, and they they showed more heart and effort than than the Sixers yesterday night. I mean, granted, you had good you had a good showing from Embiid, you had a good showing from uh, Maxi and Tobias Harris, but for Embiid to get fouled out within overtime, man, I think that was like the, that was really the killer. And I know it was with seconds left in the game, but still that's the guy you want to go to with a few seconds left in the game, just to get a good shot off. And the fact that the Sixers didn't have Embiid in those last, in the closing seconds, that really hurts, man. But for a team that should show and be serious as, uh, you know, a, a, a championship type team, poor outing for them. Yeah. 
CP, you mentioned Porter, and I mean, the numbers were solid, but if you just watch him play, that guy's a winning player. He yeah. thought he was going to be in the G League this year, and he's, he's putting up real NBA minutes. That guy's a solid NBA player. He's going to really help them. Max Struess, I mean, everybody always worries about the Heat guys. Like, can they play outside of the Heat? But if you've seen, we talked about the in-season tournament, if you've seen him play in Vegas in Summer League, he could do a lot more than be a movement shooter or defend. Right. Like, he could create right. his own. Like, he was hitting one-legged threes to win the game mm -hmm. in Vegas. Like, yeah. that's yeah. a real thing. He is tough. Uh, Mobley played great. They have a great future. And, man, the skill level on display in this game with Darius Garland and Maxi, like, the things guards could do on the floor with the footwork and the athleticism and the skill – the NBA is in such a great place with players like these two, just really fun to watch. Yeah. And I think, you know, moving forward, this is how the Cavs are going to look. I don't know if D Mitch is long with his time with the Cavs. So I think eventually they're going to move forward with Garland. And I think it might be better for Garland because he's going to get more reps by himself without Mitchell there. It'll be interesting how everything goes with that. Yeah. It seems like they play a lot faster without spider. And and that, that might just be by nature of just not having another high usage ball knob and a player on your team, whether that's better for them in the long term or short, we'll have to see. But certainly on a night like last night where it's going through Garland, he's making quick decisions with it and also scoring for them. They looked pretty formidable. As you said, Craig Porter off the bench. I love the dynamic that he gave them very gritty, very tough and very comfortable running the offense for them against a tough uh, Philly team on the road. I thought that was a big time performance for him with nine assists. So he definitely played tough and, and fearless out there. I think, you know, once, once they get at full strength, I think they're going to be tough, man. It's only a matter of time before they come together because they have the talent. They have the depths. I like this Struce pickup. A lot of people saying, Oh, he's just a system guy. I didn't believe that. I saw a lot more from him, especially in the playoffs last year that led me to believe that he could really stick around anywhere and being more than just a, you know, catch and shoot guy or a guy that's shooting off a rhythm. Now nah, you've seen these, you've seen him push it in transition. He's playing tough. He's playing defense out there. So I, I like the Struce addition and, you know, Charles Barkley made a good point on, on last night's show at halftime. He's like, yo, Jared Allen, he should be, easy 20 and 10 guy and i gotta agree with them you know they gave him the 100 million dollar deal a couple of years ago two years ago he's got to play like that way and he has the potential to whether in the two-man game off of off of garland or the guards or just cleaning up around the glass i think you know allen should be playing a lot tougher and be a lot more consistent than he has been because they certainly have the potential and then Mobley, you know, Mobley had a big game last night as well with with 18 12 and uh and three assists so I, I think at full strength, they, they can really start to click because they, they have the depth now. I like how you guys have brought up Max Struess because I was lukewarm on the signing. I was, I was in that camp of like, eh, okay, so they added a shooter. They needed some more scoring off the bench. Okay. But really watching him, especially last night, man, like CP and you both know, like he, he's more than just a movement shooter who can just shoot threes. You have this guy cutting. You have this guy, uh, you have this guy, was it attacking in transition? But the thing that I think really impresses me, and that's kind of underrated, is his passing ability. This guy's averaging assists, yeah. man. He's getting yeah. four, five, six, seven assists. I mean, last night against the Sixers, he had, what was it? I think he had six or seven assists. He had, he had where is it right here? He had six assists. Yep. So, like, him being a connector in that on that team, and you just see it, like, they're sending, they're, they're having him run, like, uh, what was it, pistol action, just getting downhill, man, for him. That's, that's awesome stuff for Max Strew. So, great pickup by the Cavs. And... I like how the team plays without Mitchell. It's just fast, up-tempo, I think. Yeah. And that's what they were doing with the Sixers, too. The Sixers were doing the same thing. That's why, like, 
the the riddance of James Harden has really opened it up for Maxi. And I, I, when we get to our thanks, our thankful stuff, we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see what I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Mitchell because it's nothing against Mitchell. It's just the NBA is all about fit. And when I was watching Mitchell play, like earlier this season and I thought he got even better like he's still young I think he's still improving I just don't know if him and uh Darius are the right fit and I don't know if Demich wants to be there from everything I'm hearing I'm not sh- what'd you say CP yeah I doubt it I doubt yeah it. yeah I don't I don't think so either from everything that I'm hearing but you know Max Struess is definitely a key as you just noted Al because I always said like the key for them last season was Ken Okoro hit a three right like they like he's a great defender Kenny hit a three and now they have that in between size player that could really shoot it. So I think he fits his team yeah. perfectly. And and also, I think one of their problems last year was that they, there was a lot of inconsistency, even offensively, at that wing spot, whether it's a Coro just not being a good scorer or a good offensive mm-hmm. player whatsoever. And then you have Levert being Levert, an and, and up and down erratic player. And then they had like Chetty Osman. So, you know, I think Struess. He gives him another option there. He gives him another high-volume three-point shooter. But as you see now, somebody that's a bit more well-rounded on, on both ends of the floor. And then, again, once once LeVert gets back healthy, he adds to your depth. You got Imani Bates, who you, you're trying to bring along slowly. So I, I think they definitely got some potential there once they get back healthy. And then for Philly... You know, one of the one of the uh, the things that the Cavs were preaching this game was attacking the paint, and and they really did that, man. They they uh they beat Philly up in the paint last night with sixty eight points in the paint, sixty eight points in the paint. Mm-hmm. So not a good night defensively in the office for Philadelphia, and they were they were getting them even when Embiid was in there. Or Philadelphia actually went small at some points in this game. They had Batum playing the five. Uh, Nick Nurse saying that he wouldn't mind playing Batum or Marcus Morris at the small ball five if they needed to. Uh, but I thought the Cavs did a good job of really taking advantage of that between Mobley, Allen, uh, the guards did a good job with their dribble tr- penetration as well. 68 points in the paint for Philadelphia. They definitely got to clean that up. I thought uh, even though they clawed, clawed back into the game, they still have some issues with like late game execution. We had some untimely turnovers and then well, I don't know what you guys think about this, but a lot of fans were were down on Embiid for the shot selection last night. Thought he was settling, settling for the, you know, he he likes that that fadeaway at the nail. They mm-hmm. didn't feel like he was taking advantage of the smaller matchups. You had the, one of the final plays, I believe, of the uh, of the fourth quarter where he drew kind of a ticky tack foul on. He drove into who's the Cavs defender? Dean Wade, maybe where you kind of just drove into him and kind of just flailed up a shot and, and the ref bailed him out. A lot of fans were kind of down on Embiid's shot selection and, and lack of aggressiveness in crunch time. I don't know, Andrew, what'd you think about that? Yeah. I mean, the body language for Joel is not always the greatest, the highest of level. I see that with him, obviously one of the best players in the league, but you know, like we talked about how well Porter played like one time on a switch Porter was guarding him, went right to the rim, easy bucket. Like he could definitely do more of that if he wants to, because Small guys always get switched on, Tim, especially with Nick Nurse's movement offense. He's going to get a lot of situations where he has somebody that just can't guard him. Why doesn't he just attack, attack right away? Like, he should definitely do that more often. I definitely saw a lot of that. I think for Embiid, man, like, I'm not too, like, I'm not too, like, I'm not too upset about it just because it depends on the flow of the game, man. Like, you're going against, you're going against Jared Allen. You're going against uh, Evan Mobley. That's who's out there for the most part. And so, you know, he's battling, 
But at the same time, like you can only battle so much when you have those two guys manning the paint. And so like, you're going to get into these situations where you're going to start getting to a rhythm, like, all right, let me settle for the mid range jumper and stuff like that. And so it's just throughout the course of the game that to me, where once you are accustomed to something, it's going to stick throughout the rest of the game. So because they see that it's like, all right, go just go stick to hitting some mid range. And so he's going to see that weaker match. Sometimes he's like, Oh, I'm in a rhythm right now. Hit the mid range. Why not just stick with it? So yeah. I'm not too upset about it. What do you guys attribute the Knicks success in the playoffs when they were facing the twin towers? Physicality. I, yeah. I would start there. I thought they were just more imposing than than Allen and and Mobley, man. I, I thought with Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein, um, just their ability to to attack the glass and dominate the glass. I thought they were demoralizing. I, I thought yeah. they were demoralizing, man. It re really started there. Yeah, and Joel, I think Joel could do that, right? If he wants to, like he could just put his shoulder in their chest. Maybe he'll draw a couple of charges, but. I think, you know, he likes to get in his bag. He's like one of those skill development type players like yeah. Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal. They're all of the same mold. They're really in their skill development bag. They like to make the pretty baskets and there's nothing wrong with that. Like they're all great players, but I do think he could punish guys more often than not and just drag them to the rim. He, that guy is strong, athletic, and big. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I think like, I think the one thing that's different between like the Knicks is that we have a rotation of centers uh, between Isaiah Hartenstein and Mitchell Robinson. Embiid is the only guy right now. So it's like four, like he played 40, was it? He played, where is it? He played 41 minutes yesterday. 41 minutes of just constantly battling in the paint. That that would be a lot. That would be a lot for any player. Like even like your toughest guy, I'm sure that they would be like, you know what? I'm going to settle for a jumper right now, man. It's a lot of effort just to keep battling down there, especially two of those guys. Like, for 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 the Knicks, like if you're looking at the numbers, like twenty six to twenty eight for Mitch, and then opposite, like a little bit less for Isaiah Hartenstein. So those guys are fresh to go in there. That's yeah, why. yeah, yeah, and they're all good. Knicks got yeah. good bigs. Yeah, mm -hmm. you had uh, you had Maxi in this game, thirty points, six assists for Maxi, eleven to twenty eight from the field. wasn't a good shooting night at the office for him either. Three for twelve from downtown, uh, and B thirty two points, nine to twenty one from the field, thirteen rebounds, five assists. Uh, Tobias Harris, man, continuing to shoot the ball efficiently, man. Seven to thirteen from the field, three or five from downtown. Hit some big shots, one in the fourth, one in overtime to keep the Sixers in it. And that was about it from their big three. De'Anthony Melton did chip in 13 points, six boards, five of 14 from the field as well. Uh, but Philly heads to uh, 10 and four and eliminated from the in-season tournament. Okay, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Hit the like button, hit the share button, and subscribe to the channel. Salute my guy Julian Alexander in the chat says, salute. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to the NBA report. Salute to Gotcha Open in the chat. Uh, Amarius Gutierrez, we got TM in the building. JJ, salute. John Talento, Parrish Duggar. Parrish Duggar, uh, fight out super chat from Parrish. Uh, he, was, he was talking about Pacers and Hawks. His OB came off the bench and the Pacers were down 21 at the half. If we got rid of Fournier in a contract with a pick and kept OB on our second unit, we win. Yeah, Knicks fans are not too happy, man, especially after he, <laughs> uh, he caught a body last night. It's tough to watch. Tough, tough to watch, man. Okay. I'm in pain. <laughs> All right. Also, in in season tournament play last night, you had the Lakers and the Utah Jazz, man. This one was easy money for the Lakers. Basically, a wire to wire victory, one thirty one to one ninety nine. Uh, Lakers leading by as much as thirty nine points in this one. This one was a no contest. LeBron and AD got the night off. 
a little early in the second half. You had Anthony Davis finish with uh, 26 points in 29 minutes on 11 of 14, shooting from the field, 16 boards, and four dimes, two steals as well. AD continuing to play at a high level. Uh, LeBron James, a chill at night, 17 points, nine assists, seven boards for LeBron, six of 10 from the field, three of five from downtown. Uh, and you got D'Lo. D'Lo, 20 points, eight assists for D'Lo. Uh, he had four Lakers in double figures off the bench, but they did lose Cam Reddish, man. They did uh, lose Cam Reddish to a groin injury, but overall Lakers win and win their group in the NBA in-season tournament. So uh, the, the the skids are in, the fix is in, as usual for the Lakers. <laughs> to, get, to get LeBron to Vegas, they've got it. He probably arguably played in the worst group in the in-season tournament, you had Utah, Portland, and Phoenix in that group. Don't forget Memphis. And Memphis. And Whoa. Memphis in that group. And so there it is. The fix is in to get LeBron to Vegas to hoist up the NBA Cup in the city where he will host his future team. The fix is in. The fix, the fix is in, man. Yeah. Crazy. Um, You know, uh, Austin Reeves off the bench has been a revelation. He's yeah. been playing yeah. a lot better with uh, – He's been playing a lot better off the bench. Cam Reddish, unfortunately, with that injury, but it did give some minutes to Christie, who played really good last played night. Well. Yeah. Yeah, he played really well. And just from the minutes that counted to the garbage minutes, the Lakers look great, and I think they're trending in the right direction. They're starting to click. They're starting to get it all together. I mean, the efficiency out of LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Davis last night was absurd. I mean, Utah missing Walker Kessler. Uh, Kessel Walker, I mean, um, and he's just like going out there and just there's no one to protect the paint. You have Warrior Markin out there and Kelly Olynyk, not the not the two guys you necessarily want yeah. to be your rim protectors. Yeah, but it was just there was just an open runway for the Lakers just to get into the paint and just attack. And Anthony Davis made sure to feast last night. Uh, and look, you talk about the Lakers having an early night. Utah had an early night. They didn't put the, any of their stars back in. You only had Warrior playing 22 minutes, Clarkson playing 24, like Keontae George played 21 minutes. There, there wasn't many guys who were getting over 30 minutes in this game uh, just because it was lost by essentially the third quarter for this team. That's a great that's a great point, Al, because we've seen in the bubble, like when you don't have enough rim protection, like AD and LeBron are just going to punish you. Easy. And, and like if there's teams out there that don't have that rim protection, they're going to have big problems in the playoffs versus the Lakers. If their two best players are healthy. Yeah. E easy, easily. And now, now it's three straight losses for the Utah jazz. One thirty-one to 99 Lakers with 76 points in the paint last night. I mean, there you go. <laughs> there, there's your answer for rim protection. 76 points in the paint for the Lakers last night. Jazz need their guy back. They need their big man back. And they need a spark. You know, last year, seemed like the Jazz, around this time of year, they played, they were tough. They were tough outs every night. They were a big story. They ripped off a lot of wins. They were they were in that hunt in the West, early, early hunt. But, and then, you know, ultimately fell off. But this year, they're, they're having a tough go, man. Four and ten out the gates. They lost their big man, who was a revelation. But they just don't seem to have that same spark that they had last year, you know, marketing still doing his thing. He's still playing well, but overall they, they just don't, don't have that same lift that they had 
uh, um, last year. You know, Clarkson seven points in, in that loss last night. That's a typical, you know, Clarkson type of outing. He'll give you he'll give you four games like thirty plus, and then come back with you know a single digit game. And John Collins fifteen points with John Collins, and yeah, nothing really, nothing really there, nothing really there for the Jazz. Losers of three straight games. Do you, do you guys think that it's because the West has gotten better? I mean, look, not having Walker Kessler is a big loss for this Utah Jazz team because he was a fine last season, as you noted, CP. But the West has also gotten better. Like, let's keep it real. So is that also something that we should take into account why they're struggling? Because OKC was a team that you can go out there and they could compete with. Now, now that's not true. So right. maybe that's something we should take in consideration for the Utah Jazz. And they're also like in that that weird rebuilding phase, right? They get rid of Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and everybody else, and now they're starting from ground zero, and I'm sure they were really rooting to get into the Wemby sweepstakes, although that took a sharp left turn last season, but I still think they're looking for that next guy outside of Warrior Market and that they can pair with him to take it to the next level. For sure. So do you, yeah, you guys think they're in take mode, or are they like, what are they doing right now? Are they going to call it a season? Because last season, that's kind of what their plan was, and it didn't work out that way. So I figured yeah. maybe this year they're going to try and continue on that to try and maybe be good. But I don't know, man. Like, it feels like it's just going to go to tank mode at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think that'll just be naturally just by not having enough talent on the roster. I mean, they did try to add some depth to the front court with the addition of – of um of John Collins, uh, he did. He, they did insert Keontae George as a starting point guard, so it's going to take him a while to really get to that level of comfortability where he's able to run that offense. And so, I think this could be still. It's still a competitive rebuild. I think is what is what Ainge is trying to pull here because he went out, he got a guy like a Collins, but now you're inserting a rookie into the lineup. You don't have much talent there. They have a ton of draft picks and and uh, and. Uh, cap space at their disposal so uh yeah. we'll have to see what they come up with but i think they're a team that could get back into swinging things real quickly especially when you have marketing who you could use as one of your pillars on that team you have kessler who can you can use as one of your pillars maybe it's george who's next and then you kind of form the team that way so yeah. I mean, you look at their losses i mean they lost to Phoenix three times already. They lost to Phoenix three times. They lost to the Lakers. They lost to Denver. They lost to Minnesota. You know, just going back to Alex's question about the West, like they lost yeah. to Sacramento to start the season. So, I mean, their losses. That's a tough gauntlet to go through to start. Yeah. Oh, it's a tough gauntlet. They lost yeah. Minnesota. Um, they lost it. Yeah, at Lakers. They lost to Phoenix uh, three times already. They lost in Denver. So, schedule has yeah. been pretty tough on them. And to Al's point, I mean, Houston's good. As he said, OKC yeah. is good. Like, how many bad teams are there in the West? Not many. Like, really who they're keeping, and, like, the only other bad team out there is the Clippers, but they got four superstars <laughs> on that team. So they're yeah. they're they're going to get into the comp into the mix at some point. Yep. But looking at the bad teams in the West, it's Utah, Memphis, the Spurs, and the Blazers. And so if the Jazz want to compete for tanking, Andrew, it's the Blazers and the Spurs right now that they have to look at, like, are we going to be as bad as them? Because yeah. Portland, you know, they got Brogdon, they got Eaton, but they're still a young team at where it really matters. And it's really hard to have them play at a consistent basis. Same thing with the San Antonio Spurs. They're so young. Like they're, they're going to be nights like where they, they shock the suns. And then there's going to be nights where it's like, ah, 
this is a very young this team. Is, yeah, th yeah. That, that's experimentation, that team. That's like a, a big experiment. Oh, yeah. Pop is like, look, man, we're, we're not doing anything this year. We're just trying to develop Wemby. Hey, if Sohan decides to become this point guard that we want him to be, then <laughs> exactly. good for us. And then you got <laughs> Memphis, who without Ja is... That's oh, rough. man. Like, oh, man. Yep. if you're Desmond Bain right now, you're the only guy, you're the guy out there right now. How are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> He just overachieved in his NBA career. Like, it's amazing that he could average, like, you know, that many points. Nobody thought he could do it. But I know he's frustrated at this point. He has to be, even though he get, he's getting a lot of shots up. Yeah. Uh, let's let's take a look at that, um, that in-season tournament graphic real quick. As the tournament is dwindling down, group play is getting spicier. And as we get into this weekend, we're going to see how things shake out. So we got Indiana. We got the Lakers advancing also in the west group c you got a big matchup coming up this weekend between sacramento and minnesota battle of the unbeatens that's going to be the main event of friday night west group c battle for group supremacy uh minnesota will clinch with a victory and sacramento would need to follow it with either a win over the warriors on tuesday or a point differential advantage in a three-way tie also, if the winner of this game wins in its finale on Tuesday, it will have home court advantage in the quarterfinals. So this is where you're seeing where the point differential and all of that could come into play. These games over the weekend could get interesting, especially if you're going to need to run up a score in order to advance. So we'll see. You know, you might have a situation where you have it, you're up by 20 on a team midway through the fourth, and you got to keep your starters in to maintain your, your point differential. So I think that's when the in-season tournament could get uh, fairly interesting. Also, in West Group B, you have Denver against Houston. That's on Friday as well. You got Denver and Houston on Friday. Um, Nuggets will win Group B with a win and a New Orleans loss against the Clippers. If the Pelicans win, uh, the Nuggets can still advance as a wild card, but it will come down to score margin. Rockets can also win Group B by winning their final two games with a trip to Dallas coming up next Tuesday. What else we got here? You got New Orleans and the Clippers. Pelicans will win the Group B with a victory, needing just a Houston loss to either Denver or Dallas to clinch. If the Clippers win, chaos rules as a scenario of a five-way tie at two and two looms. This is from John Hollinger of The Athletic. He says the Clippers would need to win this game by at least 19 points to have a shot at advancing on point differential. Point differential is interesting because they already do that in European basketball. And I remember playing overseas once I was watching really early in my career. I'm like, why is this team pressing? They're down 20. We're like, we're like two minutes left. They were like, point, point, point differential. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So I'm like, I have to ask you guys, do you guys think we should do this in the regular season? Maybe we'll see less garbage time. That's true. Mm. That's true. I, I think this thing is going to evolve, man. First and foremost, I think this thing by by year three, they're going to put a playoff spot in the line somehow, some way. Ooh. They're going to be able to work that in with the play. Yeah. I mean, a playoff spot is going to be on the line at some point. By the time the, the new TV rights deal, because yeah. now we're hearing that Netflix wants exclusive rights to the in-season tournament. Ooh. Only way that thing gets spicy for the TV rights is if there's something on the line here. So there's going to be a playoff spot on the line once they work out the kinks. But you never know. Regular season uh, point differential could be could be something, man. 
And then with the Netflix deal, I'm sure the player pot will go up, right? It'll yes, be a, a absolutely. Million, a million dollars a player, who knows? A million dollar pot like TBT. Yeah, yeah. I think actually, you know what? It's interesting that you say that, CP. I think TBT definitely had influence in this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, could. with the pot, yeah. Yeah, absolutely could. Then you got an East groupie. You got Miami, who's 2-0. and You also have the Bucks, who's 2-0. You have Miami and the Knicks playing on Friday. That's a big game. That's definitely a big Just game. Just preview that game, CP. Uh, he, we just previewed the game on Knicks Fan TV. Definitely tap into that. A uh, Heat win sets up a showdown on, on in, in Milwaukee on Tuesday to win East Group B, while a win by the Knicks would put a three-way tie on the table that would be determined by score margin. Also, the Knicks have a plus minus uh, 16. Oh, no, they have a plus 16 margin and still have a home game against Charlotte left. So the Knicks could put themselves in very strong wild card position with a victory. So Knicks are still alive. You got Boston 2-0 at Orlando 2-1 on Friday. That is for East Group C. So, uh, yeah, man, you got a lot a lot of stuff on the line here. It's, it's going to get interesting after this weekend. We'll see how things shake out, and we'll have to get back to it on Monday, the NBA Cup. It's good stuff, man. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. So to my good sense in the building. So to Julian Alexander as well. Okay, uh, power rankings, man. Yeah, who's, who's your top five power rankings right now? Top five power rankings. Where do you want me to start? I guess I'll start with number five. Of course. Number five. Keep it suspenseful here, man. Number five. Okay. Oklahoma City, baby. That team okay. rolling. I believe they're third. I'm trying to pull up the standings with this poor internet service I have right now. This guy, third. This guy, in Alex third. Stole, stole my fifth. Stole my fifth team. I had the same. Okay. Oh, I stole your fifth. Well, this is only this is pay, this is payback for me giving the Houston Rockets last week. Don't worry, Andrew. <laughs> so I got OKC third in the West. They've been playing good, man. Ten and four right now. They're rolling. So I like the way that they're playing. And with Chet back, they're just they're yeah. they're so dynamic, man. I'm looking forward to the future of that team. They're so young. You got a good core with Shea, Chet. Uh, you got Giddy out there. You got Jay Williams. I mean, I like how Lou Dort is just that defensive guy, that defensive presence that you need. They got a good team over there, man. I, I really look, like what they have going. Number four, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I got mm. them. Yep. Uh, got them there. Unfortunately, they had to beat our Knicks CP, but yeah. they are a strong team. Their defense is insane. That wing presence is remarkable. Um and just Anthony Edwards, man, he is take. He is. I love his competitiveness, man. He is. There's very few people who have that dog in them. That's like, they show up every single night. They don't care who's on the other side of the court. They just want to beat you down. I mean, the comments that he had about Draymond green to start off the season where he's like, Draymond just talks enough and he just wants to beat him in the playoffs. That's the stuff that I like. Give me Ant-Man and that team. I got them number four 76ers are going to be my third team. Just because I do like the way the, Maxi and uh Embiid are working together. I like them. I like them developing that pick and roll chemistry. They're 10 and 4 in the Eastern Conference. I think they're a better team than Milwaukee right now, just because they play better defense. They got good scoring. I like their depth. Um, they're more athletic than Milwaukee. So I like the Sixers. I have the Sixers at number three. Number two, number two, the reigning champs. They do not have Jamal Murray, mm. but I do like the Denver Nuggets. 
at my, at number two. They're still rolling. I like that Reggie Jackson has not has helped them keep that same beat. Obviously, you got Jokic who's going to be the force out there, but Reggie Jackson that starting lineup. They're still rolling ten and four on the season. I got them at number two, and then number one. I hate saying it, but it is the Boston Celtics. That team is just on another level with how they play offense, defense. They're rolling at 11-3. Best record right now out there in the NBA. They're a tough matchup, man. They're tough to beat. I mean, that starting five is just doing some historic things right now just by the advanced stats, and it matches what we're seeing on the court. Andrew, how about you? Yeah, it's close to that. I think... Me and Al just flip-flop uh, Milwaukee and Minnesota, but it's basically mm. the same thing. I got OKC, and I've been saying this for a long time. Like, even before the season, Chet just fills a gap that they needed, that pick-and-pop big, that rim protector, and he's even showing some stuff off the dribble. So, yeah, he's been, like, the missing piece, and then SGA just playing, like, a top 10 or so, maybe even five or so NBA player. Phenomenal. Milwaukee uh, still got some things to figure out. It hasn't been seamless with Dame. And Giannis, um, but they're obviously still a legit contender. I got them at four. Minnesota, again, Al spot on. Not only the elite mentality, but the elite athleticism and skill level on top of it. I mean, Anthony Edwards is the real deal. And Rudy is playing way better than last year. I don't know if he's feeling better. Um, he's looking more like Utah Rudy. And Cat's not quite shooting like Cat, but it hasn't hurt the team at all. And they've been, you know, playing at a very high level. Denver, they have the best player in the NBA. And I think this is actually a blessing in disguise for their younger players with Jamal Murray being out. They could get some more game experience because while their starting five has been elite from the beginning of the year, I think their bench could use a little bit of help and they're going to need all these young players to get some reps. So I, I do actually think it helps them in the long run. And just like Al, like Boston, undeniable, best record in the league. They're playing great. And Porzingis is starting to look like their number two guy. I don't know, man. Like, I love Jalen Brown, but Porzingis is playing at a very high level. Obviously, they added Drew Holiday, and he could punish defenses on both sides of the floor come playoff time. Love everything Boston's doing. And uh, Jason Tatum also seemed like he, maybe not a huge leap, but how much of a leap could you take when, you know, you're one of the best players in the league? Seemed like he got a little bit better as well. I like Boston at number one. All right, good list, good list. Here, here's where I'm going. I'm shaking things up, man. I shook things up last <laughs> week. I'm shaking things up again this week. Number five, the I Trailblazers. Rock, I rock with Chad Heavy. I rock with uh, OKC. I'm going with Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. I'm giving Dame and the Freak some mm. some accolades here. Five straight wins. I think they're starting to heat up a little bit, especially on the offensive end. You have Giannis with consecutive with, with multiple 40-point games. He's starting to heat up. Dame is starting to get on the same page. We'll see if their defense can keep up a little bit. But five straight wins. They're hot right now, so I got to give them re the respect. So I'll put them at number five. Number four, I'm going to go Philly. Mm. I'll go Philly at number four. Obviously, with Embiid and Maxi, I want to see them win a little bit bigger games. They got a big test against Boston tonight. So let's start tonight and see how they do against the Celtics. But for right now, I'm putting Philly at number four. Number three, I'm going with the champs. Champs at number three. Uh, even without Jamal Murray, as you said, Al, you got Reggie Jackson doing a commendable job. They're leaning on their depth. They're still 10 and four. You know, they, they might hit, hit a little rough patch right now, but this is still the champs. We're going to put some respect on their name, and I think they'll be just fine. I'm putting them at three. Number two, Celtics. 
I'm putting wow. the Celtics at number two. They just lost to the to the Charlotte Hornets um, on Monday night. They're there. I'm knocking them down a peg, just a peg, because at number one, I'm putting Minnesota right there, man. Wow. I'm putting Minnesota up there. Defense wins games. This is the number one defense in the NBA right now. You got Gobert playing like he's back to being the Stifle Tower. Carl Anthony Towns is playing good defense. Before he went down, you got Jaden McDaniels, Ant-Man playing, playing the way that they're playing. They have, to me, they have the better depth Better depth than Boston right now, coming off the bench. And Ant-Man, X-Factor, superstar. He's ready to go in prime time. I don't have to worry about him in crunch time. Ant-Man is ready to go. I'm giving Minnesota the respect as long as they deserve it. Nine out of the last ten, they've won, and they're taking care of business. You got to take care of business against the Charlotte Hornets, man. Don't tell me that you're the best team in the NBA and you can't take care of Lamelo and those guys who are trying to lose. I'm going Minnesota at number <laughs> one, and I'm going with Boston at number two, and I'm ready to see how these guys play against each other. Boston's got a couple of interesting games coming up on the schedule because they got Milwaukee tonight. Then they have, let's take a look at Boston's schedule real quick because they got a couple of interesting games coming up. They got Milwaukee tonight. Then they are at Orlando. Orlando's playing pretty tough. Put some respect on their name. Only five losses. And then um, they see Philly on December 1st. Back-to-back games against Cleveland. Then back-to-back games against Orlando. At Golden State. At Sacramento. At Clippers. At Lakers. So uh, Boston's got some interesting games between now and Christmas, really. You know, the only real, you know, gimme games you would say in the, in that stretch is home against Atlanta and home against Chicago. But after that, it gets pretty rough. It gets pretty rough for Boston, man. So going to be interesting. So, Trying CP, to... are you yeah, ahead, are you ahead, the big ahead. believer in Ant-Man that he is the next phase of the NBA? Yeah. Well, yeah, we talked about that on, on the NBA report. Mm. I think he will be the face of the NBA. Mm. Yeah, remember we talked about that with that guy Mo Muncy over the summer. Ah, yes, 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 we, yes, we, yes. We did say at least, at least he will be the next American-born face of the league, sure. But also in terms of marketability, like, yeah, we that, put out so much it. content, man. I can't, even, I can't remember all of it. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> we put yeah. out so much great content; it's hard yeah, to remember. Yeah, I think he will be, man. I think he will be. Is he? Does he? And this is for both of you. Does he, do you feel like when you watch Ant Man, he gives you like that Kobe Jordan vibe? Like he's out there, he's a killer, Flashes. not afraid of Flashes. anybody. He's going to yeah. make the big shot. That's the guy you're going to lean on. Yeah. 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 Man. Right that now, I trust him. I think I trust him more than Tatum right now. I was going to, okay, there we go. This is oh, the I, conversation I want to have right now. This, I like, I'm glad that you I, said that. I, I like his game better than Tatum, me personally. In a big like, spot, in a big spot, I, I think I'm going Ant Man. This is here we go. I'm glad you said that, CP. Okay. Does does Tatum have a short window then for both of you? Because I feel like we have, there's so much. uh, And here's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Look, Tatum right now, everyone has him like one of the best players in the league, all that. His game is flashy. I know, I know that to the T, especially because I live out here. I have to hear about it more than I want to hear about it. Okay. But I feel like, Ant-Man is very close to reaching – I know he's not close to reaching his peak, but I think his talent, it, it could surpass Tatum in a shorter amount of time, especially with the team that they have. And so I wonder if I Tatum has a shorter window to actually get that chip that he wants because Ant-Man's on the way. <laughs> I, yeah, like I've never been the biggest Tatum guy, me personally. And I would say, like, just talking to people around the league, Tatum doesn't strike fear in people like like that. Like, he's a great player, but he doesn't really strike right. fear in you. 
the way Ant Man, that's your deck, that trajectory he's on right now. He's yeah. going to be striking yeah. fear, yeah, in a lot of teams in the NBA. That that's how I see it, man. I, I think he's he's here and and he's the here and now. I think Ant Man's going to be the next face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's between like obviously Luca. I mean, Jokic is not like a face type personality. Right. Luca will be in the mix, and Wemby's going to be in the mix eventually. I oh, think. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure, sure, sure. So it's between those guys, but um. I definitely think the NBA would like to have like an American star, right? Be the face. So yeah. I think Anthony Edwards is on that trajectory to be just that. No question, Look, man. We are, we already saw Kermit take down Bo Cruz in hustle. So you know, he's got to, he's got to take over the league. Now. <laughs> he did yeah. great in that, by the way. Great. Oh, great fantastic job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a fantastic job. Yeah. 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 Ant-Man definitely did his thing of that. No question about it. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Hit the like button, hit the share button, and subscribe to the channel. Another episode of the NBA Report. CP the Franchise, Alex Rataros. And we got our guy, Andrew Salop, the one-two combo in the building. Let's talk about prize picks, fellas. Today's sponsor or the sponsor of the NBA Report. As a matter of fact, let's talk about prize picks, man. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Now, some of you guys in the chat are familiar with prize picks. We used to uh, rock with them on, on Knicks Fan TV for the last two years. So you guys are used to it. Very easy game to play. All you're going to do is pick between two to six players, and you're just going to predict whether, whether they do more or less than the given stat projection that prize picks has on a given night. And it, they've expanded tremendously across multiple sports. You have plenty of sports to choose from and plenty of stats to choose from. So you can never get bored. You can mix and match sheets all day long. And here's where I went with my sheet tonight. Let, let's pull it up, Gamble. Let's pull it up. Uh, we got a good number of NBA games tonight. And so on today's action, I uh, one of the first picks I took was my guy, Devin Booker. My guy, Devin Booker, mm. you got Phoenix taking on Golden State. And I took Devin Booker with more than 40 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. And you know what? He's only hit that number twice in his last five games, but he's been at that line for all five of them, including 37 against Portland, 39 against Utah, 43 against Utah, 40 against Minnesota, and 53 against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, you have you have Gary Payton II, who is questionable in this game in against the Suns. Suns are at home right now. Yeah, Devin Booker, who put up 32-8 and eight in their last matchup, in the uh, in Golden State when the season tipped off, so I'm going with Book with more than 40 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. The next pick I went with Jaron Jackson Jr. You have Memphis visiting the Rockets. I'm going with Jaron Jackson Jr. with less than 27 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Rockets have been defending the power forward and the center position fairly well, especially over their last seven games. You can give Alperin Sangoon some credit there. And then in terms of Jaron Jackson Jr., in his last five games, he has hit that number. Uh, he has it. Oh, just once, just once in the last five games has he hit that more on the points, rebounds, and assist numbers. So I'm going to go with less tonight on Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, next up, LeBron James. I'm going with LeBron James with more 
Then 42 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Lakers are at home hosting the Dallas Mavericks. Um, going with LeBron, he hit that number three times in his last five games. He had an easy night last night against the Utah Jazz. He always kills the Mavericks. I'm going with this one. Home team, love for LeBron James. 42 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Another guy that's been fairly hot in terms of his number is Dennis Schroeder. I got uh, you got uh, the Raptors visiting Indiana tonight. Schroeder, who in his last five games, I'm I'm going with more than 15 and a half points. Schroeder's hit that number in three of his last five. You have an Indiana team that can guard anybody. We just talked about them at the top of the show, uh, giving up 153 points to the Hawks. And also they don't guard the point guard position all that well. So I'm going with Dennis Schroeder with more than 15 and a half points. Now for my last pick, for my fifth pick, this one is the prize picks promo of the week, and it is a Thanksgiving special, man. They are going with Christian McCaffrey. This is your promo of the weekend. Christian McCaffrey with 0.5 rushing and receiving yards. So all he has to do is get one yard, and you get it. So that's it right there, man. Christian McCaffrey, 0.5 rushing and receiving yards. So I went four NBA picks, one NFL pick. For Turkey Day, and I'll let you guys know how I did on Friday. But once again, play to win, but play responsibly. Go to prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBAR for an instant deposit match up to $100. Uh, Al, give me your five picks. How are your picks looking? All right. So for my selections for tonight, guys, first one I'm going to talk about is Brandon Miller. Or So Brandon Miller is... I chose him for more than 15 and a half points. He is going against one of the worst defenses in the NBA, the Washington Wizards. You know this is going to be another scoring fest like last night between the Pacers and the Hawks. I'm expecting the same thing between the Wizards and the Hornets. So I think he can get more than 15 and a half points tonight. So I, I took more on that. Jason Tatum going against the Milwaukee Bucks. We're talking about another poor defense. Yes, they've climbed the ranking. They are go they're uh, 23rd according to defensive rating. But Tatum going against the Milwaukee Bucks and taking more than 28 and a half points. He's been averaging about that on the season so far. So I think he could just do that against the poorest defense. And their wing depth over there is not anything that's going to impress me. So if they get matched up on Tatum, I think he could take advantage of that. Tyrese Halliburton. Going against the Toronto Raptors. Raptors got that wingspan. I'm not expecting Halliburton to get many assists tonight. I think it will be a challenge just because you're going to need your, uh, your your teammates to knock down their shots. I don't think that's going to happen tonight. So I'm taking the lesser than lesser than of 11 and a half assists. I'm then going for Laurie Markin and a guy who puts up a lot of threes. He puts up too many threes, some may say. He usually gets up to about 10 per game. I'm taking him more than eight and a half three-point attempts. I mean, he had six last night against the Lakers, but he was pulled short just because it was an easy routing for the Lakers. And then last but not least, I took Giannis Antetokounmpo for less than 45 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. He's going against a tough uh, Celtics team, good defense. I think it's going to be a challenge for that team to just to get a lot of points. I think he'll get his. I think he'll get some rebounds, but the assists I think will be tough for his his teammates to get from his uh, from his teammates scoring. So that's what I chose for tonight. All right, Andrew, how are you looking? Prize picks. Here we go. Brandon Miller, same as Alex on more. Love Brandon Miller's game, three-level score. And as Al mentioned, 
Washington can't guard anybody. Aaron Gordon playing against his former team. Everybody shows out against their former team. He's mm. at 14. Everybody's at he's at 14.5. I'm going more than. As you guys know, I'm not the biggest Tatum guy, so I'm going less than just uh, no intelligent reason. Just want to go less than on Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then as CP mentioned, Toronto versus Indiana. I'm going Schroeder and Scotty Barnes more than Schroeder's at 15.5. Scotty Barnes, who took another leap this season, struggled a little bit his second year, but he's taking a leap this season. I got him more than on 18 points. There are my picks. Shouts to prize picks. Once again, go to prizepicks.com and use promo code NBAR for an instant deposit match up to $100. And we'll be back on Friday with our uh, results plus our uh, Friday picks for Friday's game. All right, fellas, let's wrap up today's show. You know, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. We got a lot to be thankful for. But listen, certain NBA teams have a lot to be thankful for as well. So I figured for this segment, let's pick out one team and what you feel like that team should be thankful for at this point of the season. So, Al, I'll start with you, man. Who Who is your your player that you want to spotlight? I, 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 I teased it at the beginning of the show. It is one Tyrese Maxey for the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, they should be so thankful for Tyrese Maxey just because you have the whole debacle with James Harden this offseason. He's not returning. Guy was just out. I mean, you had him saying, Daryl Morey is a liar going to clubs and putting up signs like that. And so when you see all of that transpiring, you're like, all right, so this championship contending team uh, is losing the opportunity to be a championship contending team because they lost James Harden. One of the best pick and roll duos was him and Har- was Harden and Embiid last season. Where are they going to go? Are they going to have the capability of still being a top team in the East? Well, Tyrese Maxey comes along, says, you know what? I'm going to take a leap and show you why I should be a candidate for most improved this year. And that's what he's done, man. I mean, he's just shooting the ball phenomenally. He's been a great running mate with Joel Embiid this year. I like the pace that the Sixers are playing with. Instead of having James Harden slow down the pace, they're able to utilize some of the youth that they have on that team and athleticism and get out and transition much faster. And look, because you also have Tyrese Halliburton take another level and being that number two guy, it allows Tobias Harris to be that true third option, which he was suppressed last year with James Harden on the team, right? It was Embiid. Harden, Maxi, and then uh, and then Tobias. But now he gets to show out why he's still a good player. And so I think that I think the Sixers have to be thankful for Tyrese Halliburton just because they have him in the mix in the East. Man, like I said, I think they're the second best team in the East. I know it's not saying so in the standings right now, but I, I like them more than Milwaukee. They got a good defense. They got the depth out of the trade, even though it wasn't a great trade in my opinion. I like that you got Batum on that team now. They're a little bit more flexible on how they can run lineups out there. And Nick Nurse has just helped expand Maxi's game too. So I think the Sixers should be very thankful for Tyrese Maxey. Andrew, who you got? Yeah, and Nick Nurse's impact on that team has been immense, right? Like, I don't even think that's talked about enough. So totally agree with Al there. Uh, I'm going to go with the availability and health of Chet Holmgren for OKC. I think he fills every gap that team needed. And as we can see, they are thriving. They are in my top five power rankings, and I think a lot of that has to do with Chet. Obviously, SGA will be an all-NBA player for years to come, but Chet has been the difference maker this season. I think OKC definitely has to be thankful for Chet's availability and health so far this NBA season. 
Yeah, good good points on Chet. I mean, right now they got the number four ranked defense in the NBA right now. Last year they were middle of the pack, still good, but they, there was definitely no no question that Chet was going to help them improve in that regard. And and you look at their defensive numbers, you could see his impact both on the stat sheet and on the eye test. And then um, as a two way scorer, you know he's he's given them a he's building himself into a bona fide go to guy. Mm-hmm. outside of just SGA and and yeah they have a lot of talent on that team and Jalen Williams and we'll wait for Giddy to to get his game back you gotta love what Casey Wallace is giving them on both ends of the floor but Chet especially you look at that what, what he did in that Golden State game just effortlessly flowing into a turnaround three-pointer from the elbow no fear no pressure he just he almost seems like he he has that same demeanor of SGA where you can't speed him up you, you you can't get him flustered. He's just going to play his game. And that's a huge plus because I'm, I'm not sure many thought that that his offense would be where it is at this early stage in, in the NBA. And so things can change fast, but he looks really good. And and also uh, now at the top of the, the rookie ladder for the OKC Thunder. My give thanks is going to be Blockness Monson, Mitchell Robinson, man, for the New mm. York Knicks. You know, the ringer, and shout out to our guy, Kevin O'Connor, Alex, he's a friend of the program, no disrespect to Kev. But the ringer just came out with their top 100. Yeah, speak on it. Mitchell Robinson, who was number 89 in their preseason list, is not even in the top 100 in their regular season list. I mean, what are we watching? If you guys watch the New York Knicks, you've got to give Mitchell Robinson his props because without him, they don't flow. They do not go on the defensive end. They do not go on the offensive end when he's out there cleaning up their bricks, <laughs> getting them into position on the defensive end, being a guy that you can funnel your 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 offense, your opposing offenders to when you get beat at the point of attack because he's able to provide that rim protection for you. The Knicks being number one in the NBA across every rebounding category, you got to put Mitchell Robinson right up there, man. You have to put him right up there. He's offensive rebounding the ball at at a historic clip. And look, in this game, in this NBA, possessions matter. The number of possessions matter. If you're not able to get second chance opportunities, you're cooked. If you don't have a Pacer-type offense, you're cooked. And so for the Knicks... While they get their offense and groove and they're trying to get their shots down and trying to be more efficient, Mitchell Robinson is right there doing the dirty work and getting them more chances to score the ball. And in turn, I think they've been trying to reward him as well. We're going to put some respect in the block Ness monster, Mitchell Robinson's name now, because for some reason, the entire NBA is just blinded to the impact that this guy is having on this New York Knicks team. But we're going to put some respect on his name on the NBA report tonight. I'm thankful that you did that, CP. And here's why. The nasty work of the ringer to put out these people ahead of Mitchell Robinson on the list. Yeah. I mean, for good God, Stephen Adams is not even playing right now. He's not even playing. You have Walker Kessler. I like him. Hasn't done anything yet. Okay. Let's slow our roll. All in the top 100. Not even playing. Hold on. I'm not even done yet. We got Jakob Pertle up here, CP. In the top 100. What are we doing? Then you keep going the list. Robert Williams, he's out with an injury. He's out with an injury. I, I'm, have, I'm texting my guy KO after this show, man. They they, they insulted us, man. They insulted us. Hold on. I'm not even done because we're we're, st- we're not even done with this. We got Jarrett Allen at number 70 right now. This is the guy that he owed in the playoffs last year. What are we doing? And then you're telling me. And then you got to tell me. I got to see Evan 
Mobley up here. Evan Mobley, 42? I get I get the hype and the projections and all that type of stuff. But you put in guys who have Mobley also lost to Mitch last year. If that's the case, Mitch gotta be up in the top 30. What are we doing? Yeah, the, the disrespect is real, man. The the disrespect is real. I'm stu- I'm stuck on nasty work. That's a nasty <laughs> work. It is nasty work. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. TM said we got to talk to KO. Yeah, we're, we're gonna talk to KO behind the scenes, man. That this respect is real, and, and so we're gonna get to the bottom of it. But, uh, but great show, Kevin Looney, fellas, man. Kevin Looney. They, wait, did they really have Kevin Looney in the top? Eighty-seven. Oh my god! No, 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 no. KO, KO is getting a call for me after this, man. He's getting a call for me after this. But great show, great show, fellas. Uh, Friday, we'll be back on Friday with another action-packed episode of the NBA Report. Make sure you guys at home enjoy your Thanksgiving, enjoy your loved ones. Hey, whether you celebrate it or not, man, is it just a time to to spend time with your, you know, with your family, your friends, the people that that you're close to, and, and just doing what you love to do? So you celebrate it however you like, but make sure you guys tap in, hit the like button, hit the share button, subscribe to the channel. So to everybody in the chat that was here, I see Trini D, salute Trini D, TM, Julia Alexander, uh, we got Jamaica Queens 22, salute, J Tap, appreciate you, appreciate you, Paris Duggar, remember to support our sponsors, man, go to prizepicks.com, use promo code NBAR for an instant deposit match up to $100, and also remember that this show is available in audio podcast format, man, no reason to miss it, we're available on all the major platforms, just tap in, if you missed the live show, salute to the replay gang, and we'll see you guys on Friday, man, CP, Alex, Andrew, we out of here, great show, peace. <laughs>